Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Well, Grace Avenue Church, what's up? It's so good to be with you this morning and trusting that you're well, trusting that your families are well in the craziness of this season that we call 2020. Uh, For those of you who I haven't met yet, my name is Brandon Stewart and my wife Lindsay and I have the honor of serving the greater body of Christ and working with pastors, leaders, teams, and churches just to see the church move forward. We do that through a couple of ministries and along the way, um, I met your pastors and I met your church and quickly um, distant friends became family to us. And I just want you to know, I feel so honored to get to make a deposit into Grace Avenue today. We love your house. I love your pastors. I love the key team at Grace Avenue. Rarely have I found such a team and, and a house with, 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 with such alignment, such faith, such love for Jesus, um, a love for his church. And so uh, we have been friends, fans, and stalkers of Grace Avenue for a long time. I hate I wasn't able to be with you this year. I think this is like the first year in like eight years or something uh, that I haven't been able to be there in person. Uh, but never mind that. Just so excited to get to make a deposit into this season and this weekend in the life of Grace Avenue Church. It's a, it's a big season, uh, not only with everything going on in our culture and in our world and doing church still online, but you all are just a couple weeks out from a big move to a new facility. And I just want you to know that we are standing with you. We are praying uh, that God is just gonna use this move as a way to move the church forward in a significant way. Uh, so I want you to know all the way from the Northwest, we're standing with you. We love you, we're praying for you. And may this word today just be a deposit right into uh, this season in the life of the church. I'm gonna share with you today a word that God has placed in my heart in this season for the local church. It's been big in me. I guess this is one of those messages that I preach to myself first, and maybe I can just offer it to you today as something I believe God can use to speak to you right where you're at. Uh, I don't know where this message finds you today. Uh, I don't know where this message is landing for you. Maybe you're at home with your family on Sunday morning watching this live. Maybe you're driving down the road or in the gym somewhere later in the week, wherever this message finds you. I believe that the Holy Spirit can meet you and can talk to you out of his word and speak to you about something today. So right now, just join me in prayer. God, we just give you some space. We give you some room. And I ask that you would come right now in this moment and I ask that you would have your way. Father, wherever we find ourselves today, I thank you, Jesus, that you know right where we're at. You know right what we're facing. Um, the, the, the stuff that's going on on the inside of us And right now, I just ask that you would come and have your way. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth today as it is in heaven in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Genesis chapter 26. And um, we're gonna get there in just a minute. I'm gonna share a couple thoughts here to get us started. You know, everything about our culture, it seems like often is, is fascinated with the new, the new, uh, I think you know, sometime around this time of the month, the new iPhones are released and we see lines out the door uh, for the new iPhone because God knows our year old iPhone doesn't work well anymore. So we, we, we out with the old 
and in with the new. Entire weekends are reserved for binge watching the new show uh, that you've been waiting to be released. Uh, new music on your Apple or Spotify playlist is moved to the top, replacing the old. The old gets shuffed down, the new uh, goes to the top because we value new. We we like the new, I think, because we add up that new works better than old. I don't know if anybody else, by the way, buys into the, the conspiracy theory. I don't have many, but I do have one. And that's the conspiracy theory that they purposefully slow down your phone uh, to make you buy the new phone. Does anybody else agree with that? I, I, am, I am not a conspiracy theorist except for that one theory. But we add up that, that new is faster. New is sexier. New makes my life easier. And so we embrace the new. In fact, our generation is in the process of remaking everything new. Um, everything is instant. Everything is, is convenient now. If you're hungry, you don't even have to make food anymore. In 20 minutes, you can have hot Thai food delivered right to your door through Uber Eats because it, we've, we've made even the process of eating something new. Um, if I don't want to go grocery shopping or go to the store, all I have to do is go on Instacart and someone else does my grocery shopping for me. Thank God for 2020 in that regard, that, that someone else will do your grocery shopping for you today. Uh, if I want coffee and I'm running late and I don't want to stand in line, I can mobile order. My drink is ready when I get there. I walk right into Starbucks like I own the place. The coffee's ready with your name on it. We're remaking everything new. If you want to learn your heritage and you don't want to go to grandma's house to hear all the stories, you can go on Ancestry.com or what is it, 23andMe, and you can learn all about your family history because we've remade that into something new. Uh, if you want a relationship, I feel the spirit of like deleting apps coming over somebody right now as you're sitting next to your family on the couch this morning. I had to like look these up app names for, for finding relationships today because I think my marriage like predates the internet or something like that anymore. Uh, so here, here's some apps that help us to find relationships now. Tinder. These, these are actual, actual app names. Coffee meets bagel. <laughs> Friends with benefits. How about we? Bumble. Happen, hinge, match, okay, Cupid. I mean, we've created a million ways, a new way to even meet someone. The COVID season has totally made things new. Everything is now contactless. Everything is now safe. Everything is now online. I find it so funny that our culture has developed language around this, how new is better than old. You've probably heard the phrase, okay, boomer, which by the way, I'm about to turn 40 in a couple of months. And so I kind of feel like I'm like nudging toward that now. Uh, th that's like a jab you make at someone by saying you are old and I think a new way. We add up that the new is better than the old, but here's the point of this message today. I want to make a case for us for just a couple minutes that if we're going to be the church that Jesus has called us to be, if we're going to be potent believers in this season and in this hour, because I, I hope that you feel this way like I do. I have never been more proud to be a Christian. I have never been more proud to be a church builder. It's not an easy day to be a Christian. It's not an easy day to be a leader or be a church builder. It's not popular. Um, 
But I just came to that place this summer with, with everything going on and all the conversations that our world is wrestling with right now. I came to the conclusion this summer that for all, for all the, the, the tension and for all the conversations, the answer to every tension and every problem our world is grasping for and trying to find, the answer is Jesus. The answer is people coming and knowing Christ and having their lives transformed. And it is our privilege as the local church to offer Jesus to a world that desperately needs to know him. I mean, can you imagine, church, can you imagine not knowing Jesus in this season? Can you imagine how this season hits so many people? And I know your life may not be perfect. My life certainly isn't. But if you know Jesus and you follow Jesus, we have the hope the world needs. And that's why I can say today, I am more proud to be a Christian than I ever have in my life. And I'm more excited about what can happen through strong, healthy, life-giving churches as we move forward into this next season. So if we're going to be the church that Jesus has called us to be, if we're going to be potent in a raging world right now, if we're going to be light in darkness, if we're going to offer a drink to a thirsty world, Jesus to a thirsty world, I want to make a case for you for just a minute today that if we're going to do that, that there are some things that we need to get back to. In our world that is rushing for the new, there are some things I believe we need to get back to. So today I want to challenge you for just a minute. I want to call us higher. And if you're looking for your title, here it is. I want to call us to redig the wells. Redig the wells. Genesis chapter 26 and verse 18 in the New American Standard, it says this. Then Isaac dug again the wells of water which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And then watch this. And he gave them the same names which his father had given them. Two phrases I want you to key in on here. Isaac dug again the wells of water which had been dug in the days of his father. And he gave them the same names which his father had given them. So, a little bit of context here because context is king in scripture. Isaac, of course, is one of our, the patriarchs of our faith and of the Jewish people. Of course, we have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isaac um, doesn't have a lot of real estate in scripture. Isaac, I think, has all of like two or three chapters in, in scripture reserved for him. And this is one story we read of him. In this day, in this hour, there was famine in the land. And so Isaac and God's people are on the move. And they are looking for a land to be hospitable to them while they can't live in their land due to famine. And so like his father Abraham, this had happened before. Like his father Abraham, Isaac led God's people into the land of the Philistines. Now, this is not the warlike Philistines that we read about later in scripture with David and Goliath and such. Um, it's believed that these were more peaceful, hospitable Philistines. But here's what I want you to see today. The Philistines simply represent a nation that was not God's people with thinking that was not God's ways. And so God's people, the nation of Israel, find themselves displaced in a land that was not their own among thinking 
and worldview that was not their own. Now, in between Abraham's generation and Isaac's generation being there, the Philistines had filled in the wells that Abraham's generation had dug. Of course, when you live in a desert, water is everything. Water is necessary uh, to sustain a nation for life. And so Abraham's generation had dug wells, but in their absence, the wells had been filled in by the Philistines with dirt and debris and garbage. And, and this brings us to this point. Their first act in returning to this land, Isaac's generation returning to this land, their first act was to redig the wells. In other words, they were saying we have to access water. We have to access life. And so not only did they redig the wells, but they actually named them the same names that their fathers had named them. In other words, they didn't try to give them like a new trendy name. They didn't try to like, like um, polish it up and make it PC for their generation. And for the, they actually gave it the same name. They just called it what it was. The names of their fathers and they accessed water. You know, water in scripture is very significant. Not only if, is it essential for life in a desert when you're Israel in that season, but Jesus himself is described in the Gospel of John as living water. As living water. In John chapter 4 and verse 10, the famous encounter of Jesus with the woman at the well, Jesus answered in verse 10, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you, speaking of himself, living water. In John chapter 7, Jesus takes it one step further with his believers and he says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So here's the point. God wants to make you a well. God wants to make Grace Avenue Church a well. A well with a spring of living water. Jesus himself flowing out of it to a world that is grasping for hope and grasping for answers and, and searching for truth and not finding it. I believe in this hour, in this day, our, our, our world is looking for, for some semblance of truth and it's like quicksand through fingers. And, and at the end of the day, answers without Jesus will always come up short. And so our job as the church, our job as believers is to be living wells that just carry the living water of Jesus around to a thirsty world. In fact, this new space that you're opening up, church, in just a couple weeks, this new space is going to be a well. It's a place where people are going to come and take a drink of living water and find Jesus. So I believe that God has called you as an individual. God has called Grace Avenue as a church to be a living well with the, the living water of Jesus flowing freely through you. God has perfectly positioned you and your church in this hour to bring Jesus um, to people that desperately need to drink right now. But here's the point. When I look around the local church right now, if I'm honest with you today, I, I get a chance to interact with leaders all over the nation, all over North America. Um, when I look around the church right now, if I'm honest with you, I feel like I see a lot of stopped up wells. If I'm honest, 
I think especially in the, the, the heaviness and the, the crisis nature of 2020, I feel like we've allowed some wells to get stopped up in our lives. And I believe it's time for us to redig the wells in our lives as believers, in our church, and, and not just call them something different, actually give them the same names. Call them what they are and carry Jesus to a world that desperately needs him. Our potency as believers is not going to come from our popularity. It's not going to come from relevance. It's not going to come from looking like the world anymore. Those days are done. Our potency as the church of the living God is going to come from our power, from being full of the Holy Spirit, from being full of the things of God and the word of God, the presence of God, and stand out as light in darkness. In, in fact, the early church, the early church caught the attention of the world in this way. They were no, they, they caught the attention of, of uh, the Roman Empire and the Roman government by standing out. They lived in the Roman Empire, but they were not of the Roman way of doing things. The Roman way, of course, would just be at that time godless and without Christ. And they lived in, but not of. And there were, it's really interesting to read, there's early letters that started circulating about the early church from, from, the, from uh, political leaders in that time because they were trying to figure out who is this group of, of people that called themselves Christians, that called themselves the way they stood out potently and they caught the attention of the world, not because they were the same, but because they were in, but not of. They were different. They had a deep well. My question for you today is what wells do you need to redig in your life? What wells have been stopped up in this season in the last few years? What areas of your life do you need the living water of Jesus to flow freely through you to the world? We're going to put on the screen right now a list of some wells I wrote down recently. They're in no particular order and there are probably dozens if not hundreds more that could be on this list, but I just want you to look at this list for a minute. I just wrote down the well of prayer. I know for me, I've gone through seasons, and especially this summer, where I had to redig the well of prayer in my life. I was trying to fight supernatural spiritual battles in natural strength. And I had to learn that I truly fight my battles on my knees in prayer before God. It, it's a well sometimes. And, and by the way, we don't call it something trendy like we call it what it is, prayer. Like some of you, your well to redig is the well of worship or the well of, read, of reading your Bible, getting the word on the inside of you, not just checking off a box on your U version in the morning, but really taking in the word, understanding a biblical worldview, like what does it mean to be a Christ follower in this hour? Just look at it. The well of fasting, we can move past that one. That's fine. Probably hungry for breakfast by now. Uh, the well of holiness, the well of serving, the well of honor. I don't know where you find yourself today, but I'll bet if you're like me, you're in a season where it's time to redig some wells. Wells that have just become stopped up by this season. There are three wells I wanted to point out for us today. They weren't on that list um, that I think are really crucial for us right now as believers. Um, the first one, I'm going to meddle with this one. Sorry, not sorry on this one, I guess. 
Um, the first well is this, the well of building the local church. The well of building the local church. If you're watching this, joining us for church online today, there's a high likelihood that you love the church, like I do, that your life has been changed in the church, that um, your, your, your marriage is stronger if you're married because of the church, your kids are stronger, kids are healthy because of the church, that you found a group of friends, a new community, new life in the church. You know, great things happen in church that don't happen anywhere else. In church, people find Christ and experience the power of God and freedom that only Christ can bring. And you know what? That happens in church. Yes, I know it can happen in a living room, but there's nothing like a gathered body of believers. God does something in that place that he doesn't do anywhere else. People discover who they are and what they were made for. Loving God and serving others, that happens in church. People are baptized in church. People are, lives are healed and transformed in church. Marriages are restored in church. Great things happen in the house of God that don't happen anywhere else. But I feel like this well in particular right now has gathered so much debris in 2020. I hear a lot of new language right now to me that alarms me when it comes to loving and prioritizing and building the local church. I, I hear language like I can go to church online. I don't, I don't need to be in the room. I don't need to gather or I can experience Jesus in my living room. I, you know, and I understand the intention behind this next one. The church isn't a place. The church is people. I get it. Theologically, that's mostly accurate. The problem is that language is weaponized right now. And, and we end up experiencing the debris of isolation. Isolation. Isolation and even apathy are the debris that fill in this well. And let me be clear, if someone has a compromised immune system in this season, has a health condition, Church Online is perfect for you. If... Um, you're away from a church and, and can't get to a church like this and you're separated by distance, church online is perfect. Um, th 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 there, there is a legitimate expression of church online as we've experienced for a number of weeks here at Grace Avenue and church. I I'm really excited about church online. People are checking church out for the first time that never would before. I I'm really grateful for this season because my uncle is now a regular attender of my church that's a hundred miles away from where he lives. He watches every Sunday night. He's making decisions in his life for Christ all because of church online. So there is a time and there is a place for church online exactly what we're doing right now. But let's be honest, a lot of that language has moved farther than that from the benefits of church online to just straight isolation and apathy apathy is set in. We say things like, I just really like my Sundays right now. <laughs> or um, I don't really want to go. And we end up filling in the well of building the church because it's just easier to stay home. I'll give anyone a Sunday at home. But one of the things that makes us so powerless as believers and, and lonely is isolation. God literally said it's not good for man to be alone. 
And while that is said in the context of husband and wife, of course, the church is the body of Christ. We're called to be together. We're called to live in community. And we need the church community now more than ever. I just want you to stop back right now and think. Think about the moment where you came to church. Think about the moment where you came to know Christ. Think about what that meant to you. Think about how your life and the trajectory of your life is totally different because of that day. And then here's what I want you to think. Someone served that day so that church could be open and you could come to know Christ. Someone made that possible for you to have that experience with God. And Christ followers, believers, it is our high calling and privilege to serve others in that way. Let's redig the well in this season. I know Sunday mornings at home have been a little nice. I know it's been a nice breather. It's been a nice rest season, but we have work to do. There is a world that desperately needs Grace Avenue Church alive, healthy, thriving. Let's redig the well of building the local church. Number two, um, along with that, because we're living our lives online, which brings a lot of social media. Here's one for you. How about the well of guarding our hearts? Guarding our hearts. Uh, this seems kind of old school. It's a Bible term, but it seems kind of old school. Um, but I was thinking about this and Third John 2 came to my mind where it said, Beloved, I pray that in all respects that you may prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. And I wonder today, how is your soul doing in this season? As we've been a little bit more isolated, as we've been receiving more life and interaction and even news from social media, like how is your soul doing one of the biggest issues facing our generation is a sharp decline in mental health. In mental health. The vast majority of Gen Z young adults, for example, report that their phones are just more important to them than mental health. And so we are receiving a lot of information and it's leading us into places of greater anxiety, even depression, you know, the town square of our day is social media. And there's a time and a place for it as well. In fact, one of the best decisions I made years ago was I turned off all notifications on my social media. In other words, I go to those apps. Those apps don't come to me. And that simple act let me regain some headspace from social media. I, I just want to encourage you today, if you're experiencing this, Proverbs chapter 4 and 23 says, watch over your heart with all diligence for out of it flows, here it is again, the springs of life. Go, to watch over, to guard your heart with all diligence. I just wonder for someone today, this isn't a well that you need to redig, the well of guarding our hearts. I could spend a lot of time on this because right now we are ingesting information that's dangerous, that's coming from ecosystems and belief structures and worldview that are not of God. And we've, we've got to be careful what we're taking to heart right now. Let's redig the well of guarding our hearts. The last one, and we'll land the plane on this, I've loved, loved, loved um, being with you today and just making a deposit. But I'm going to end every message, I think, in this season on this, this last point. I can't think of a better point to end on. I think the last well that we need to redig is the well of the Holy Spirit. The well of the Holy Spirit. Um, 
as Christ followers, we, we are Holy Spirit people. Like we are, um, you are never meant to do life and live for Jesus alone. Jesus, as he was preparing for his departure from his disciples and departure from earth, he promised us a helper, a counselor. A couple years ago, uh, I got to visit Israel uh, for the first time. It was an incredibly moving experience to stand on the southern steps of the temple, which of course where is where Acts chapter 2 takes place and the early church was born. And being someone that spends my life to build the church, it was just so cool to stand right in the place where we know the church was born, where 3,000 were added to their number that day. And on that day, the believers that, that um, were known at that time were gathered in the upper room and they had been told to stay there until they received power. And on that day, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came down and filled them and empowered them and what was their response to that experience of being gathered and being in the room? What was their response? They ran out of that house and they ran to the most populated place in the city. They ran to the place where they knew the most people would be at that day. Why did they do that? Because they had to get the word out. They had to let people know Jesus was alive. They had to let people know the hope that Jesus offered for their life. But that happened, that boldness came from the Holy Spirit. The debris that gets filled into this well in our lives is the debris of self-sufficiency. And we can do life on our own. When um, you're never meant to do life on your own and live for Jesus on your own. My pastor's wife, Pastor Sheila, um, growing up, she always taught on the Holy Spirit in our church. And she would always say something like, you know, you wouldn't go to use a vacuum cleaner and leave it unplugged. You know, the vacuum cleaner needs power. And um, as funny as that is, like it's true. I just wonder if you're living unplugged today from the, the power source for your life as a believer. I believe if you'll give God some space, like we talked about today, I believe that he'll meet you and he'll remove the debris. He'll pierce through the darkness and the heaviness. And do you know, church, do you know that you can, in this season you can actually have peace that surpasses all understanding. In the chaos that is 2020, in, in the heaviness that is this season in our world, do you know you could actually live with power and with peace on the inside of you that cuts right through this season? That's my prayer for you, Grace Avenue. God, I thank you today for every believer hearing this word today. I ask God that you would now speak to us. Highlight for us, Holy Spirit, some ways in us that need to change. What's the well, Jesus, that you are calling us to redig today? What's the place that you want access to, that you want to flow through in our lives? We give you permission right now to talk to us. And Father, I pray for every, every um, person right now that's watching this that doesn't know you. Jesus, I pray today that today um, would be their day of a new beginning in you, that you would arrest their heart and meet them right where they're at, that they would cross the line of knowing you, Jesus, as Lord and Savior of their life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, friend, if you don't know Jesus today, I wanna lead you in a prayer right now. Um, if you wanna invite him into your world, if you wanna invite him into your heart, if, 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 he's, if God's talking to you and speaking to you right now, 
Will you just pray this prayer of faith after me today? I believe God will hear your prayer. He'll forgive your sin. He'll meet you right where you're at today. Come on, if, if that's you, say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, welcome to my world. I invite you today to come into my heart, come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and make me a new person. Today, I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is alive. And I declare today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I wanna celebrate you today. I want to welcome you to God's family. Don't you dare keep this to yourself. Tell somebody, but tell somebody at Grace Avenue the decision you just made. We'd love to celebrate with you and equip you and walk this out with you today. So I'm going to turn the service back over to, to the hosts or to Pastor Daniel and Janelle. I love you, Grace Avenue. I can't wait to see you soon. Until then, let's redig some wells. Congratulations on a new space. I can't wait to come see it in person soon. God bless you guys. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.